Jesus that's worthy to the King of Kings. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, He's great and greatly to be praised. Exceedingly, abundantly. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, is anybody thankful to be breathing this morning? Come on, you might have some cuts and bruises on you. You might have some scars. But I made it to the house of the Lord. Come on, I made it to the house of the Lord. The devil didn't kill me like he said he was going to kill me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may return to your seats this morning. We're so thankful for all of our guests. Rock Church, can we give our guests a hand clap this morning? Come on, I need a little bit better than that. I'm thankful that we got some people that are hungry. Come on, they found the hospital this morning. We got so many guests here. We're so thankful that y'all joined us this morning in service. God's got something truly amazing in this house. That was good if he never done nothing for you. I said, but God's got something amazing in this house. I, I don't know about the God that you serve. I don't know what he's done for you. But what he's done for me, I could never pray. If he never did it again, if there was never a moment again where God touched my body, if he never healed me, if he never touched my family, God has delivered me. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's explosive in this place this morning. I, I don't know what you came to do. I'm going to just tell you right now. I'm going to serve hell. Notice, uh, I came to get my victory. Come on, he's been telling me all week what he was going to do to me, but I want to tell the devil something. Uh, greater is he that's in me. Uh, come on, does anybody have the Holy Ghost inside of you? Hallelujah, there's some faith in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that's some faith in the house. So many visitors this morning, we're so glad to have you. So thankful you joined us in the house of the Lord. We got Sister Collins, dad and his girlfriend. Brother Terry and Sister June. We got so many visitors here, we're so thankful y'all joined us. So thankful that... I heard this week on a podcast that was talking about the measure and directly proportionate to your spiritual health is your man of God's consecration. I'm just thankful this morning for my bishop. I, I'm thankful that he doesn't pull a Saturday night special. Come on, every moment he gets in the pulpit, it's all out, it's all in. I'm so glad that he's on some much needed vocal rest so God can get ready to tear these walls down and we can remodel the rock church in Jesus name hallelujah we're praying for him I want to shift the service this morning I hope y'all know me by now I'm, I'm not telling you what you want to hear church I want to be so close to God come on Come on, I, I, I'm not worried about anything else right now. I just want to be close. Does anybody believe that this morning? 
I want to get so close to God this morning that if there's something in my spirit, God can just clean it up. And if there's something in my mind, God can heal it. And if there's something in my body, God can touch me. Come on, I want to be close to him. I want to set the tone this morning. You may be seated. I'm going to be just a moment. I want to set the tone for what God has spoke to me. I I don't bring before you any new revelation. I don't have any pretty sermon for you this morning. Come on, I, I, I didn't come rehearsed to make you shout. I didn't come to tell you what you needed to hear. I didn't come to tell you things that just to make you feel good. God gave me this word about four months ago. And in my spirit, God told me to pray. That when the people that were here that needed to hear it, God, I want you to wait until that moment in time. An angel of the house in touch with God's divine orchestration. I said all that to say that the people that are in the building this morning, it wasn't a mistake that you're here. Come on, I don't care what you thought. You might have thought you was taking a vacation. You might have thought you just slipped in to feel something. Come on, to check the box to feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, God's got a beat on you. Come on, God's got your number. God's reaching for you. You can run and you can run fast, but you cannot, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. You cannot outrun the divine will of God. You can run, but you cannot hide. Hallelujah. I was praying specifically for this service. And this is going to be the tone that we're going to preach this morning. This service is going to go. God told me to tell y'all. There are some mountains in your life that you do have to climb. Come on. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. There's some mountains you have to climb and nobody can go with you. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God spoke to me in this service. God's going to take that mountain from in front of you and cast it into the ocean. I, I don't know who that's for. You may, I'm going to preach to myself. God, there's some things outside of my control. God, I can't do it on my own. God, I need you to intervene and step in. I don't need you to let me to climb it. I need you to move it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Come on, do I got any faith in the house? Come on, the God I serve, he just can't allow me the strength to climb the mountain. My Bible says that if I had faith, God would cast the mountain into the sea. Come on, there's some benefits to living for God. I've got anointing and blessing on my life. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I just need a little bit of faith. Rock Church, I said I need a little bit of faith. Come on, I'm preaching to the saints of this church. I need you to plug in right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on. God's going to use you this morning. Come on, there's about to be a wave that comes through this place. 
God in Jesus name in the mid 1800s Louisa Steed was born from an early age Louisa had a call to the ministry field at nine years of age Louisa came to America from England in 1875 Louisa married and the couple had a daughter when the child was four years old the family was enjoying a picnic by the sea in Long Island New York while eating their picnic with their family they heard the cries of help and spotted a boy drowning in the sea Mr. Steed charged into the water. As often happens, the struggling boy pulled his rescuer underwater with him. And they both drowned before the terrified eyes of the wife and daughter. Louisa, out of her struggle, on anybody ever had something in your life you just couldn't understand why God would do it the way he did it come on I need somebody to plug in has anybody ever been in a place come on where they did not understand why God was doing what the, what he was doing and why he did it the way he did it out of her struggle with God during the ensuing days came these words from the broken spirit and soul of Louisa Steed. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word. Just feel that this morning come on there's an old spirit in the house come on it says God I don't understand why you got me here God I don't understand why you allowed me to go through the things that you allowed me to go through come on but God I still trust you God I still trust you come on in my brokenness in my healing God in my darkness 
trust him this morning. Oh, I trust him this morning. If you're staying for the reading of the word this morning, God's reaching. God is reaching. You don't have to look very far. This thing's wrapping up. I feel it so strong. Come on, we're on barred time. Ain't nothing else got to be fulfilled for him to come back. Job 14, starting at verse 7. I'm not going to preface anything I'm going to preach about holiness, separation. Because if I'm being honest, there's a spirit that God spoke to me about that's in this house right now. You come back and you go online, you listen to those holiness standards. I believe in all that. God's doing something very specific this morning. The church world's done a lot. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Somewhere somebody was taught perfection. And as I close my eyes in, the, in this altar this morning, I could see the hearts. The devil didn't do it. Ministry did it. There was something you were taught about perfection that when the rubber hit the road and you fell, you looked for it. God, where's that grace you, uh, you told me about? Where's that mercy, God? I, I need it now. And you couldn't find it. So I'm not going to preach to you. I'm not going to preface anything I'm about to preach. I'm going to tell everybody in this house, God is still the God of grace and mercy. Come on. Come on. He's still the God of grace and mercy. And mercy. Now, I'm not trying to talk to you about emotionalism. I'm trying to tell you, you may have failed, but you ain't fell too far from my God to reach you. You might have sinned. You might have been dormant in your spirit, but you haven't been dormant long enough for God not to reach you. Job 14 and 7. For there is hope 
of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again. And that tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth. And the stock thereof die in the ground. Yet. Y'all didn't feel what I felt. Come on, when he said, when he said I died in my sin. Come on, when he said I was severed from this war. God said yet. Through the scent of water. It will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. Church, I don't know how long I'm going to preach from these notes. But I want you to plug in. I don't care what you got in your mind right now. I need you to plug into the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, can we lift our voices to prepare an atmosphere for the miraculous? Come on, you may have everything going right in your life and you've got the Holy Ghost and you know what it's like to live in dominion and victory, but there's some people under the sound of my voice that have been struggling. Come on, they came in bleeding and wounded. They came looking for something, God, that would change them, that could do something for them. Come on, just a moment longer. Church, there's got to be an atmosphere. Come on, saints. Come on, let it rumble. Come on, let it rumble from the uttermost parts of your being. seated in the fear of the Lord this morning with the help of the Holy Ghost I want to preach a simple thought surviving Satan surviving Satan I want to tell everybody under the sound of my voice against every spirit that is in the earth right now, that everybody will spend eternity somewhere. I, I know it's not popular. Everybody will spend eternity somewhere. Come on, there, there's, there's going to come a moment in your life. I remember when I was a child, I used to pray, God, let me live long enough to graduate. And God, let me... Let me live long. Don't come back just yet. I want to get married. And God, I want to have a family. And I kept pushing that out and out. The fact of the matter was is that there was something in my spirit. And everybody in this room at some point in your life, you've laid in bed and at night. And it's kind of a dark hole to go down when you think about how long eternity really is. Anybody feel that? That... You try to put, it's because it's our human nature that even though God is in time, God's not bound by time. God, God, uh, God is the beginning and the end, but he is outside of time. So our flesh tells us that, that we operate in time. 
There are some things that are in the earth that say, well, and it's more powerful now than it's ever been. It's the spirit that will just serve our time on this earth. We're supposed to be good humans and we'll just die. Come on, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just do our time on this earth. We'll, uh, we'll accrue, accrue some things on this earth. We'll, we'll be good stewards of what maybe God's blessed us with. I, I don't believe I'm preaching to some atheistic people this morning. I believe I'm preaching to people that actually believe in God, but you have lost the sensitivity that there is a definite eternal implication in this earth. There, there will be a day and time where you will spend eternity. There will be a time where as you get sick, as your life comes to an end, it's oftentimes at the end of our life where we start to see men and women all of a sudden that gray area of things that we, we struggle to touch with the eternal, we start to recognize the eternal. I remember... I thought I understood living for God. I thought I understood what it was like to have dominion and victory in my life. And I'm preaching this morning as if my father was sitting in here. And I feel that in the Holy Ghost that, that God, is, God is reaching somebody this morning. Come on, he's got you. He's got you on barred time and he is pleading with you to plug back into the Holy Ghost. Come on, we, we don't know the day or the hour. We live in uncertain times, and I'm not trying to pull your heartstrings. Uh, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that you've ran uh, for quite a long time, and God sent a messenger this morning to, to intervene on your path uh, to say, uh, God loves you. Uh, God needs you uh, in his kingdom. God wants you. So I thought I understood God, and thought I understood eternity. What I come to find out, my dad was never in church. I've told you all this before. My dad was never in church. He did not know God. I've been in church my whole life. I'm so thankful for my heritage. But I can tell you that I, I don't look at things through the lens as most people do that have lived their whole life in church. I, I was raised in a home that that was full of spiritual warfare. Uh, my, my dad liked to drink and he fought his demons and I did not have a pretty Pentecost household. So while the preachers were preaching perfection and, and creating an atmosphere that in my mind I saw my dad trying to walk through the back door of a church that I knew he would not be welcomed in. That's okay. I hope I preach, and I hope God takes my voice if I ever lose this. I don't ever want to get so close to God that I forget that God loves everybody. Come on. I don't want to get so high and mighty and sanctified that I forget the God that saved me, the God that pulled me from the depths of hell, that he's still the God that can save the crackhead on the corner, the person that's addicted, the person that's broken. So I started, as I grew up, I started to look through that lens. I said, God... If I preach, 
And my dad walks through those back doors. God, would he know you? God, would he, God, would he feel welcome in this altar? God, would, you, would, it, would it look like a path was available to him? I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God, is there a way for him to make it to that altar? God, does it seem obtainable? God, can he be helped? So I thought I knew what eternity was. The last few months of my father's life was miraculous. Although he died, I baptized my father in the name of Jesus. That may not mean much to you. But if you'd have known the man that went down in that water, and if you'd have lived inside those four walls, you'd have known that God can reach anybody. Come on, you ain't gone too far. You're not so dirty that God can't reach you. God is a God of grace and mercy. Where God brought the eternal for me into perspective. The doctors called the family in. You know, we... Man, I was believing. I prophesied that my father was going to be healed. I ain't never said this before. God showed it to me clear as day. Can I tell you, I went some of the darkest trials when my father died because the adversary has a way of knowing exactly what to put into your mind. Come on, I'm talking to some people that used to know God. Come on, you hitting on the pew this morning. You might be faking everybody. God done shown me to you. The adversary has said that I have cut you off at the root and the root is dead, but God has spoke to me. There's a root in there. Come on, church. There, 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 there's something down. It's deep, deep down inside. It's behind scar tissue. It's through insecurities. It's through years of trauma. But there's a root on the inside. And I'm preaching to a church where there the scent of water is in the building. The scent of water is in the house. The Holy Ghost is here. So... I think what God was trying to do, and if you ever, let me just tell you this, you ever try to get inside the mind of God, you're setting yourself up for failure. His ways are beyond our ways. You can't try and figure out what he's doing. God said, son, I'm going to give you a glimpse of the eternal without taking your life. I said, okay. They bring my father. He's at home. Doctor says he, he don't have much time. God was so gracious enough to allow me. I think I got there the day before he died. As I'm holding my father's hand, God had already healed all those old wounds, all the brokenness, all the dysfunction, things I thought I'd never be able to repair. I'm holding it in my hand. Church, as I looked in his eyes, there was something that told me I had to bear what he was about to lose. And as I'm holding my father's hands, it's like the world stood still. Because a man that was 60 years old, his whole life was around him. 
And as his head was on that dying pillow, nothing else mattered that he had ever done in his entire life. Come on, all, all the things he had accumulated, all the relationships that he was trying to build and repair, all those things that were so important, God, in a glimpse of a moment said, I'm now bringing you face to face with the eternal. As I watched him take his last breath, it was a sobering, humbling moment for me. Church, there's nothing on this earth that is more important than your salvation. Come on. I need some help in the house. Come on, there's nothing more important in this earth. You may have vacation homes. You may have everything that you need. You might have your hunting camp, your fishing camp, your vacation, the beach houses. You may have everything that you need. I got a question to ask you. Are you prepared for eternity? Don't take this lightly this morning. This is not me speaking to you. God is speaking to some people this morning. Are you prepared for eternity? Everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere. Hell is real. I said as unpopular as it may be, hell is real. Come on, it, just for you to experience the spiritual warfare that you experience on this earthly planet, you ought to know that hell is real. Come on, we, we wrestle not in flesh and blood, but principalities. There's spirits of this earth, and the devil knows he has but a short time to work. And I have some help this morning that you know there's some heightened spiritual activity that's trying to take people off the pew. They're trying to take people out of heaven. They're trying to take people from God's grace and God's mercy. The devil would love nothing more than to see you burn in eternity your adversary you know him well is from the books of beginnings in Genesis there's always been strife between man and Satan the starting in Genesis sets the whole tone for humankind Satan has a pure agenda now you may not think of Satan as pure but I'm telling you this morning, he's got a pure agenda. Come on, there's some things that if you were honest with yourself right now, Satan seeks to destroy. Oh, I feel it right now. There's some things that Satan's done told you you could do. I feel like I gotta come down here. There's some things that you can do and get away with. There, there's, some, there's some spirits in the earth that says sin's okay and God is love. And God is love. God is full of grace and mercy. But can I tell you this morning that one of the oldest tricks in the book, that the devil will not fight what is dead. I said the devil will not fight what is dead. 
Come on, if you're feeling spiritual oppression this morning, God's been speaking into your spirit. God, there's some things I got to get rid of. God, your spirit's moving on me to get closer to the house of God. God, what is this spirit that's telling me I need a pastor? I need somebody to guide me. I need to find shelter. I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. God, you sent me to this place. Why are you telling me to come to this church? Why are you telling me I need a preacher? Oh, I'm in it this morning right now. I feel my help. You've been asking God, God, why? What is this I'm feeling? God, I'm starting to lay down things I ain't never laid down before. God, I'm starting to lay down alcohol. I'm trying to get close. Oh, I'm in the Holy Come on, there's something changing in you. That's why you're here. There's something drawing you close to God. You ain't in this house by mistake. There's things God's been telling you. I, it don't mean my, I don't know why God's telling me that. I just got to lay it down. Pastor, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm even here. But God, there's so, oh God, shut God, there's something uh, that's calling me to crucify on this altar. Oh, my God. There's some pain and some hurt uh, that some people did to me that God's saying, if you want to be close to me, if you really want to be close to me, you'll find an altar and you'll bury it on the altar. I hear God speaking to me right now. There's some dysfunction in your family that has sanctioned your dysfunction. There's some dysfunction in your family that has sanctioned your dysfunction. That is why you, God just spoke this to me. That is why you're drawn to this house of God this morning. God is giving you a shepherd. God's giving you a pastor because you didn't have the right example. You didn't know how to have a family. You didn't know what it was like to pray in the Holy Ghost. You didn't know what victory looked like. You didn't know what dominion looked like. But God sent you to a place where God gave you a shepherd. Pray, church. Come on, God's doing something right now in the hearts of some people. Come on, you thought you were dried up and plucked up by the roots, but God got your number. I smell water in the house. I smell water in the house. Church, I smell water in the house. Come on, that's life in the house. That's what you feel. That's what you feel is life in the house. God's telling you, the world's telling me to live a certain way. The culture's telling me to accept certain things in my life. The prince of the power of the air, his agenda's pure. Maybe it's not to kill you physically, 
He would much rather you burn in hell than you die saved. Jesus. He would much rather you burn in hell than you to die saved. I felt this a while ago when I was praying. The adversary's been telling you, and I know this voice. If you get in church, I come against it in the name of Jesus. You go ahead and get in church. God's going to take you because you ain't been right. Come on. God's going to take you because you know you ain't been living right and you finally got right. Got some family praying for you. I came to tell you in the Holy Ghost, God's got a call on your life. God will not save you just to take you out. God's got a city for you to witness to. They were overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Satan, you can't threaten me with my testimony because my testimony is what defeats you. Woo, I feel my help. My testimony is what destroys you. My testimony is what tears down the strongholds. My testimony is what beats dysfunction. came to expose Satan for what he's really going to do. Come on, I came to, I came to pull the curtain back for you. That's it. That's vi- I feel that right now. That's victory. Come on, somebody get that. I don't care if you don't feel like it. This one right here is just so the devil knows that I got faith that he can deliver me. when he said I wasn't worth anything and I would die in my sin. This one's for you. All he wants to do is destroy you. His motives, his agenda is to confuse you and distort you. That's why your pastor's dangerous. That's why the shepherd's dangerous. That's why God wants you back in the field so bad. Because there's a watchman on the wall. And all them lies and confusion, the adversary's been speaking into your life and your mind. Let me tell you something, church. Oh, I feel it. When you walk through those doors and the man of the city's praying over you, Satan ain't got no power in here. I said, Satan ain't got no power in the house of God. You can lie to somebody else. You can bring sin and dysfunction outside the house of God. But thus saith the Lord that when I come into his presence, miracles can still happen. Victory can still happen. Deliverance can still happen. Oh, it can still happen. 
Because if you ever get in the order of God and you get yourself a pastor, a shepherd over you, I'm telling you, I, you would walk in places that when your feet hit the floor in the morning, oh my God, when my feet hit the floor in the morning and I'm submitted to authority, there's devils in hell that hate my eyes ever opened. There's devils in hell that hate the sound of me breathing. There's victory in the house today. I claim it in the name of Jesus. There's victory. The things that have held you back from God for 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, God's about to cast it into the ocean. I said he's about to cast it into the ocean. Why is he trying to get me away from the church? There's somebody here this morning. You, you, you fought tooth and nail to get through those doors. God's got it for you this morning. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. God's got it this morning. Anybody in the church? Oh, the devil hates what I'm preaching right now. He hates that I got victory. He hates that I'm pulling the curtain back on years of oppression and dysfunction. But can I tell you in an altar, in this altar, God can heal you. That's right, Brother Desmond. Why does he want us away from God? How does Satan cut us down? Colossians 1 and 13. You may not see it like this. Bible says that my people are destroyed. Lack of knowledge. It may seem simplistic this morning, but I feel like when God plugs these puzzle pieces together for you, you're going to walk out of this place changed like you've never done before. Colossians 1.13 Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. When you're not subjected to heavenly authority, that is a decision. You, you, you don't get to just exist. You don't get to just sit there and say, I'm existing. I have, I have a relation. No, 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 no. There's going to be a moment this morning where you get up from that pew and you walk to this altar and you say, God, I have ran long enough. God, I'm not doing this anymore. God, I give everything that is within me to you. There's a defining moment. And when you're not under heavenly authority, by default, you are subject to demonic authority. Woo, that feels good. I love telling Satan's plans. When you're not in the church and when you don't have the Holy Ghost, when you're not in communion with God, 
You are by default subject to the adversary. The things you've been going through in your life, God's not doing that. You're just subject to the demonic authority that's over you. I'm telling you that this morning there's a peace that passes understanding. There's power in prayer. There's power in the altar. God, if I give myself to you, devil, you can't touch me. Does anybody believe that in the house this morning? Anybody can testify that when I got my life right, uh, when I gave my life to God, things started to change uh, for me. Uh, I didn't walk the same way. Uh, I didn't talk the same way. Uh, Devil had to take a back seat uh, to the will of God. Somebody needs to claim that in the name of Jesus. Uh, Devil, take a back seat to the will of God. Come on, you've been driving me around way too long. I came in apostolic authority to say as of this day, God drives this. Woo! Yeah, we're subject by default. God's calling some people this morning to make a declaration. God's calling some people this morning to get out of your comfort zone, to operate outside of that flesh, all the pain and agony that you've endured. God's saying, son and daughter, if you would obey the Holy Ghost, I got something so rich in this altar, you'll never walk the same again. Hallelujah. Preacher, what's gonna take me away from Jesus? Romans 8 and 6. Preacher, I want to be close to God. I love God. I feel it this morning. There's some people that just lack the revelation of what God's trying to do in your life. God's going to remove the veil this morning for you. No, you're going to get the Holy Ghost this morning. You're going to get the Holy Ghost and you're going to speak in another language that you've never spoken. There's going to be peace and power that comes over God's going to fill you with something you've been trying to get a fix for for years. Romans 8 and 6, preacher, what's going to separate me from God? Carnally minded is death. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. In order for you to be under the law of God, all those benefits, all the grace and mercy, all those things, that carnal mind's gonna take some people out of here. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you may be you may speak in tongues on Sunday night. But the carnal mind is enmity with God. There's some things that we've got to lay on the altar that says, you know what? I can't look at certain things no more. There's some some people that I can't be around no more. God, I'm going to have to make uh, some decisions for myself uh, because God is showing me uh, some boundaries, uh, some places I can't walk, some places uh, that I can't go. Why? Because I just want to be close uh, to Jesus. I just want to be close uh, to Jesus. That carnal mind will separate you from God. It's the other main reason that God wants you to have a shepherd. Because when you isolate yourself, that is a stagnant pool. Nothing flows through it. It's on recirculation. 
all those thoughts and ideas in your mind of why God has forsaken you, why certain preachers have damaged you, why there was ministry. And I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. There's a lot of people under the sound of my voice that morning that you were hesitant to even walk into these doors because you've experienced church hurt from people that you trusted, ministry that should have helped you, but they cut you, people that should have nurtured you and it ended up putting a sore and a disease in your heart that drove a wedge between you and God. I'm telling you in the authority of the Holy Ghost this morning that God can heal. You are in a safe place in the presence of the Almighty God. We wonder things that can cut us down, separate us from God. The devil uses people. The devil uses people. There are some people that you've trusted in your life. you respected and you don't understand you you have now classified anybody that's associated with God because of some tragic scenes that unfolded in the ministry within your personal life with people that loved God people that knew God you've now put God into a box that says God if that's all you are where people hurt people and people don't I don't want to be I'm telling you right now God is not going to tell you that your sin is bad, but not give you a way out. Where there was sin, come on church, where there was sin, where there was dysfunction, God said grace. God said grace. God said grace did abound that much more. Mark 6 and 34. None of this is in my notes. I I feel this so strong. There's a spirit in the earth right now. I don't think the adversary has a huge deal with church. I'm just going to say that. I don't think he has a huge problem with church. I could see it way in the back. He's got a problem with the shepherd. No, that's true. No, no, no. There's churches everywhere. You know, they're having revival everywhere. Everything's happening. God wants to remove the structure of the shepherd. Why? There's people, there's churches. They're going to give way to that voice. And they'll think, well, we'll just, we'll be a corporate body with no head. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. The destruction that follows after that will be the sign that God was never in it. Church, you have to have a shepherd. You have to, I'm telling you, you and your spouse, the voices that you talk back and forth, those are good and you can pray and you can go before the throne of God. But God placed a man in your life. God placed some leadership in your life that when you get some things in your head, God will speak to him. You have to trust him. You've got to lay it on the altar and say, God, I'm 
entrusting my soul with this man. God, speak to him. Speak to my man. Anybody need a pastor this morning? Come on, does anybody need a pastor in the house? I don't know about you, but I mess things up on my own. When I try to do it by myself, I get it all messed up. I need Jesus, and I need God's man in my life. I need somebody that'll come in when I'm about to ruin it. I need somebody that'll come in and say, you know what? You're about to go to hell. You're about to break your family up. You're working too much. Don't let that voice that's telling you, you can float through the earth and just attend church. Don't listen to the voice that says you can just float through the earth and just go to church. You need a man of God. I feel that so strong. God's calling some people this morning. The reason why you keep circling back through the garden, the reason why you keep going back through the wilderness and you keep failing, the same things keep happening over and over again because God's saying, I'm not going to allow you to go to the next level without apostolic authority, without apostolic headship, with somebody that'll be a shepherd in your life, somebody that'll stand in the gap and say, you know what, Satan, you don't have any power over this family. God, God, we need shepherds more than we've ever needed shepherds. Come on, we need shepherds that are praying. We need shepherds that are praying that can tell us what the winds of the earth are doing. Come on, we need shepherds that are praying that can discern when my family's not going the right way. We need shepherds that are praying that when my family's not right, he can preach a message under the unction of the Holy Ghost and pull my kids from the pits of hell. We need shepherds now that we've ever needed them. Why? Because we've got to have God's man in our life. Ephesians 2 and 1. What I've seen, we're going to read to verse 4. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Can I just stop right here? The course of this world. Satan drew that, that course. You may think that you're on a path that has no meaning. You will know when you consecrate your life to God, God, I'm not on the pathway to hell no more. No, no, no. Yeah, Satan doesn't have power over me anymore. Why? I'm not walking the course for the devil. I'm not walking what he designed. Why? I know without a doubt that I am submitted to the will of God. God, if it kills me, I want to draw my last breath in this altar. I'm not diverting from the course. I'm not trying to find an easier course. I want to be in the perfect will of God. 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our, con our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. I've been in church a while. I think they just quote that one part, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and they forget that, those next four words. We fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can I tell you that if you read the rest of the verse, that the lust of the flesh is motivated by the lust of the mind. Can I tell you that if you're trying to figure out how to get your flesh wrapped up tight in the Holy Ghost, if you're trying to figure out how to walk in a pure way, God, where I don't go to bar rooms no more, God, where I'm not dependent upon drugs, how? You got to take dominion over your mind. Woo! I need somebody that can testify that before you came to church, the devil had your mind. Come on, the devil had you thinking you were crazy, that you had to take antidepressant pills, that you had to be on all types of medication, that you were crazy. But yet, when you found God, when you found an altar, all of a sudden, my mind got right. I didn't think the things I wanted to think no more. I thought about heavenly things. And when I finally got my mind right, my flesh got right. Woo! I love to preach that because some of the church back in the day would preach that when you got your flesh right, your mind would get right. Oh, it's quiet. I said when the flesh got right, then your mind would finally get right. That, that's perfection. That's saying that the outside the cup is finally clean. Look, Bishop, my cup's clean. I got the flesh cleaned up. And you wonder why people fall into sin and preachers' kids are backsliding and pastors are falling into temptation and carnality. Because somebody needs a lesson that you can't get anything in this flesh right until you get your mind right. Come on, we need an old-fashioned altar call that says, God, everything in my mind I'm giving to you. God, everything that comes into this mind, God, I want it to be subject to the Holy Ghost. God, I want to be in your will. God, I want my flesh to be right. But God, I need my mind right first. Oh, I feel it. That's the solution you've been looking for right there. I just felt it. You've been wondering, why is this old nasty flesh? Why is this old flesh keep doing bad things? Why do I keep ending up in the same old places? It's because you haven't given your mind to God. It's because you don't have the Holy Ghost. You need a renewing in your spirit. You need to find an altar this morning and give your mind all of it to God. Anybody testify to that this morning? If it's nobody else, it's me. When I was at, when I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I was a bad person. The problem with perfection is they show you something that took 50 years to get to. And they leave out the portion that how, how did they even get there? I'm a preacher for the people in the back that ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. I, I, I try to live right, but I'm telling you, the only time I got dominion over my flesh, when I stopped going places I shouldn't be going, when I stopped walking in places, I, when I stopped talking to people, I should, it only happened when I gave my mind to God. When I gave my mind over to this heavenly will of God, I didn't want to live that way no more. God changed my heart, changed my spirit. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 3 and 23. Told you I'm not going to preface nothing. I'm pulling the covers off. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's nobody in this room under the sound of my voice. God, I'm a filthy wretch. God, you see me in this pulpit. I don't even ask myself, well, God, how could you use me? God, I'm not perfect. There's something that shifted, though, in my mind one day. I said, God, I'm not going to allow condemnation to run my life anymore. Oh, you should be clapping a lot louder than that. A lot of you know what it's like to live in condemnation when you've sinned and there's no way out. When you've fallen and there's no way out. When you have been broken and you don't know the way. But I'm telling you this morning, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But yet grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Nobody on this earth meets the qualifications to do anything for God. There's not a man but one that walked in shoe leather. I'm trying to pull back the veil of perfection. You're looking at a bunch of broken people. I said, you're looking at a bunch of broken people that God put back together. No, nobody in here has got it all together. I'm telling you, we just latched into the vision that there is grace and mercy. And that if there's, as long as there's an altar, as long as there is a place, God, forgive me. Come on, somebody needs to start rehearsing that in their mind. God, I ain't living right. I ain't trying to fool nobody. I'm not telling nobody, oh, well, this preacher did this. And I know this about that pastor. I'm going to take accountability this morning. God, I got some things in me that in me there is no good thing. God, I need help. God, I need strength. God, I need repentance. God, I need forgiveness. I said, we need a good dose of an altar call that says, God, I am not worthy to stand in your presence. But God, as long as there is breath in my lungs, I will serve you. God, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. But God, I love you. God, I appreciate you. God, I adore you. It's here, church. Oh, my God, it's here. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, that's the spirit of the Almighty God that said, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you that you ain't went too far. Come on, you ain't went too far. I just need you to walk a little bit. I need you to get in the altar and say, God, I'm a filthy wretch. I always have been, but God, if I could find grace and mercy in your sight.
Come on, there's going to be some people that finally latch in to what forgiveness really is. They're going to find an old-fashioned altar that says, God, I'm not worthy to be standing right here. You should have struck me dead in my sin. But God, but because of grace and mercy, grace and mercy. Keep praying. I'm going to preach for just a moment. Keep praying. Romans 5 and 20. When the law entered, that the offense might abound. Where sin abounded, I said where sin did abound I said where sin did abound where sin I'm I'm talking about that filthy flesh that in you is nothing good where sin did abound grace did much more grace did much more I said much more I said, whatever you thought was hindering you, whatever sin you thought was in your life, it don't hold a candle to the grace that God's got for you at this altar. Whatever you've latched into your mind that says, I'm an old filthy sinner and I'm just going to die lost. I'm telling you this morning, whatever you think it is, grace was much more about. Isaiah 53 and 5. You keep praying, but I want to tell you what God showed me four months ago. And I feel the Holy, I feel an anointing on me. You've been asking yourself. Yeah, God, I remember all about that repentance stuff. God, I remember them Sunday school lessons about forgiveness. God, I I remember about all those lessons about grace and mercy. God, but I've been so bad. Come on. I didn't have, I didn't just have some, some not so good sin. I had some really bad sin. Come on, I, I really looked at some stuff that, that would make people think I'm horrible. Come on, I, I went to some places uh, and I did some stuff that people really thought uh, if they would have known, they'd have locked me up. And this is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. When you get on Facebook Marketplace, this is all God showed me. What do they always ask when you got something for sale? Is this still available? The Holy Ghost heard you ask that. Is this still available? Come on. Is that grace and mercy you really thought about, God? My teachers were teaching me about. God, 
Is that really still available? God, is forgiveness really still available? Is it available? Oh, it's not only is it not just available to you this morning, uh, but there's a power in this altar that if you would get your heart right with God, uh, God would heal all the hurt uh, that's inside of you. Uh, God would renew your spirit uh, with the Holy Ghost. Lamentations 3 and 21. Come on. Come on. He was wounded. He was wounded. I feel an old spirit. I know know I'm in a new generation, but I'm about two generations late. I should have been born 50 years ago. I said there's still a place called Calvary. I said there's still a place. It ain't some miracle that's just miraculous and you don't understand the depths of it. There was a hill called Golgotha. There was a place called Calvary. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed beyond his compassions. Failed not. You've been asking God, God, I've came to you so many times with the same thing. Come on. The same sin. Come on, it's the same, it's the same devils. God, I know you got to be disappointed in me by now. God, I've been fighting the same old things over and over and over again. Can I just give you a word this morning? His mercies renew every morning. I said his mercies renew every morning. The devil don't want you to know that. He wants you to live in condemnation, uh, in a place of unforgiveness. Uh, But great is the mercy. Great is the mercy of God. uh, And they renew every morning. There's a special anointing here that if you're on that pew and you've ran from God, this is your morning. Come on, God has tailor-made a service to come intersect with your travels. Come on, you, you thought you were bobbing and weaving and you were skirting God. God got you right in the crosshairs. He's saying, yeah, I know you don't feel like you deserve forgiveness. Nobody does. But I died on a cross so you wouldn't have to burn in hell. I died on a cross where your sins would be forgiven. I died on a cross where your mercies would renew every morning. Before we open this altar up to everybody, you can come right now if you want. Come on, if the Holy Ghost is moving on you and you can't contain yourself, if you've ran from God for so long and all you want to do is bury your face in the stairs and then you get in between you, you are more than welcome right now to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. We're back in Job. We're back in the book of Job 14 where it says there is the hope of a tree that's cut down. There's some people under the sound of my voice. You got some scars and some wounds where you've been cut down. 
Come on, the adversary thought he had you. The adversary thought he was going to take you out. But I'm looking at you through the lens of God. Come on, there's still a root deep down inside of that spirit. Come on, you, you may be having everybody fooled, but you feel it this morning. Come on, there's something old you ain't felt in a long time. There's just a little spring that's on the inside that God's saying, yeah, there's still life here. There's still breath in my body. There's still hope. I'm opening this altar up this morning to tell you there is grace and mercy in this altar. There is forgiveness. There's repentance. If you need to get right with God, don't wait for another service. Don't wait for another service. I've got to defeat Satan. I've already survived it. I'm alive, I'm well, but I've got to consecrate my life back to God. Come on, you're not dead. Come on, you're not dead this morning. I know the enemy chopped you down, but you're an overcomer. Come on. You know that sin of water the Bible's talking about? You need a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, buried in the water. Come on, church. Saints, find somebody to pray with. Come on, these altars are full. Come on, teach somebody how to talk to God. Come on, tell somebody there's hope in this altar. Testify that you were dead in your sins, but God delivered you. Come on, saints. Come on, saints. Find somebody that's broken to pray with. By the word. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, God, save me. He rescued me. He delivered me. Come on, there's an old-fashioned altar. set me free. Come on, God, I don't have all the answers. God, I'm broken. I'm bruised. God, I don't know what to do. I can lift my hands and say, thank you for your Come on, God's saying you still got life in you. Come on, God's saying there's still breath in your body. Come on, there's grace and mercy in the altar. Come on, there's forgiveness in the altar. Come on, you got to get broken before God. Come on, that same old prayer that you've always prayed. That ain't going to work. God, 